podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. De Bruyne, oh, one mil city! Funnels! And Pogba leaves for McTominay! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable. With your host, Tariwa Chanakira, and his guests, Ruby Semenya, Alex Letizia, Dave Henrik, Guy Drinkle, Jake Jackman, and your favorite podcast introducer, Jody McInnes. It's game week 35, and you know what that means. It's another brand new episode of A Tad Predictable. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for joining us. We've got a whole host of fixtures to get through, 15 to be exact. So there's no messing around today. We're going to get straight into the fixtures. And today we're going to do things a little bit different. It's going to be a, one of those collaboration episodes, Tad and the Predictable, where I bring in a whole host of very familiar voices. Um, we'll get to hear scoreline predictions from you know some of the regular guests. I've split them up in terms of you know giving each guest two games to review and and give us their their previews and 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 thoughts and score predictions on those and then obviously as I said 15 games this week so there are a couple that are left over that I'll just discuss myself give some predictions for those um, and and that will do it for this episode as I said a whole host of fixtures um, it wasn't feasible for us to get one guest to to try and just tackle all of those games, I think. And I, I thought it, it would be a perfect time to bring back another Tad and the Predictable episode just to see, you know, if we can get different opinions from different guests all on the same podcast. And, and I always enjoy hosting these ones. So we'll go straight into the first fixture of the weekend. It's on a Friday night. It's Leicester versus Newcastle. Now, obviously, a lot to play for here for Leicester City. They're, they're trying to solidify that top four spot. Um, you know, as long as Ian Nacho can keep firing, I, I think Leicester will be in a very good position. They drew against Southampton last time around. And I, I think Newcastle will be uh, a tough opponent. We, we've seen Newcastle last couple of times. You know, maybe the 2-0 loss to Arsenal aside. But they lost four fixtures. Two draws, two wins, they, they've proved to be a difficult outfit. But I know someone that knows a lot more about Newcastle than I do, and that's our good friend Jake Jackman. So I'm going to send it over to Jake Jackman with the predictions for Leicester City versus Newcastle. Let's hear what he has to say. Newcastle, going to Leicester, uh, Friday night. We'll see you. Quite a big game, both ends of the table. Newcastle could still be dragged to relegation battle, though it looks unlikely now that Fulham will get the points needed to 
get above them in the table, but it's still mathematically possible, so Newcastle should still be focused. Um, the performance last week wasn't great against Arsenal, it was pretty easy for them. So I'm hoping for a little bit of an improvement at Leicester. Um, Leicester themselves haven't been too great recently. Um, they sort of struggled against Palace in the first half a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, didn't beat Southampton last week when Southampton were down to 10 men. Um, we've seen it before with, with Leicester, how they struggle. Um, towards the end of the season, they missed out on Champions League football last season. Looks like they probably won't this year, but they've got some tough fixtures coming up. They really do need to win this one, and maybe that pressure could uh, could have some sort of an impact. So, um, yeah, I think Newcastle are going to be better than they were last week. I think Le- Leicester still have a few issues. Um, I think I read that um, James Madison is going to be fully fit for this one. Jamie Vardy should also... Um, shake off a little bit of a knock. Ricardo Pereira might play a part, but Leicester have got some important matches coming up. They've got Manchester United this week, then they've got the FA Cup final, so they might have one eye on those two fixtures. Maybe they'll take the eye off the ball in this one. Um, and if they do, Newcastle are quite inconsistent. We we haven't we weren't great against Arsenal, but before that we, we were quite good against Liverpool, especially in the last stages. I think Joe Willock we, will start this one after missing out uh, against Arsenal. He's on loan from, so he's in good form, having scored three goals in the last three matches. So, yeah, I think if Leicester slightly off it, and you guys definitely have the players on the counter attack to cause problems. So I think I'm going to go for the one all draw here, the same as Leicester managed last weekend against Southampton. I think that we're going to see Leicester sort of stutter over the next few weeks, um, with maybe one eye on that FA Cup final. And that is Jake Jackman, and, and he's gone for the one all prediction there. Um, you know, some, some good points in terms of the inconsistency that Newcastle have shown this season. And obviously, me being a Liverpool fan, I, I, I saw some of that in how well they played against Liverpool. Maybe Liverpool should have, you know, put the game away, but they didn't. Newcastle hang on and they get that now infamous uh, Willock uh, late goal that he seems to be pulling off um, of late. So I, I can see them doing something similar here in terms of just hanging on long enough in the game to give themselves a chance to to, to come away with something. So I'm, I'm going to mirror, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm going to match Jake's 1-1. I, I think there's going to be a 1-1 goal prediction as well. I, I think Leicester City have a lot to play for, you know, at the end of the season, which is always exciting for, for any fan of a club. And I'm sure Leicester City fans are super excited with the prospect of potentially, you know, securing top four with uh, a vital three points against Newcastle and also then looking at, um, you know, FA Cup finals and, and, and all the good stuff that comes with that. I think there might just be some Leicester players that attention is focused elsewhere and maybe they don't come into this game with the, the, the necessary respect for the Newcastle players. And, and I think that's, that becomes their undoing. I'm still going to back Nacho to score a goal because, I mean, at this point in time, who who's going to bet against him scoring a goal? Um, and speaking of scoring goals and, and people that you wouldn't bet against, uh, Harry Kane is definitely one of those, in my opinion. And his first side take on Leeds this weekend, um, it's the Saturday early kickoff. And I know here in the UK, I think it probably will be on BT Sport, but Let's hear from Jodie McKennis, um, our resident Spurs fan, and, and hear what she has to say and, and her thoughts on Leeds versus Spurs. Hi, 
Hi, it's Jodie McInnes, and I'm here to give my prediction for Leeds versus Tottenham. I think Leeds will be looking for revenge after their loss to Brighton, where they unfortunately couldn't come back after that penalty last weekend. I think they've been playing incredibly well for most of the season, and it was just really unfortunate they didn't get the win last week. I actually missed the Spurs game against Sheffield United and was so shocked to see a hat-trick from Bale coming through on my notifications. It looks like we had a more comfortable game against Sheffield with way more attempts at goal and finally some effort being put in by most of the players, which has been absent lately. Sonny finally got the goal he's been after and Bale was just phenomenal. It was definitely a match we should be comfortably winning, though, given Sheffield's position and relegation status. Um, in terms of these, I think this will be a really fun match to watch. It'll be interesting to see if we can keep up the attacking style like we saw last weekend. Leeds will definitely be looking for revenge, but I think we'll still be buzzing after last weekend. Dallas has been playing really well, um, but you know I always love a Paddy B shout. He's been absent on goals lately, and I think he's due one this weekend. I think Kane will be looking for a goal, and Bale might get back in there if he starts. So I'm going to say 2-1 to us. Please, Tottenham, bring it home. That's a 2-1 prediction from Jody there. That's 2-1 to Spurs. Um, obviously, Spurs are away team in this one, and I agree with Jodine that this is going to be a super exciting game. Uh, Leeds always bring it, in my opinion, and they don't stop. No matter what the score is, even if they're down by a couple of goals, they're going to keep fighting, and, and they usually try and claw their way back into games, and, and they usually do it to, to great effect. It's, it's not many times when Leeds get blown out of the water on, on the score sheet. Uh, I think this is going to be one of those games where Spurs are going to have to score three if, if they want to win it. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw. And I've gone with back-to-back draws. Um, and obviously, my good buddy, the guy drinker, will be laughing away at, at, at that fact. As he is known more for being the guy that gives draws on this podcast. And we'll hear a bit from him later on in the, you know, on this podcast. And we'll see if, if, if he holds true to that to that uh, claim to fame that he has in terms of predicting draws. But we will move on to Sheffield United versus Crystal Palace. And to help us out with that one, we're going to go to Dave Hendricks. So, Dave, let's hear what your score predictions are, how you see this game going. Sheffield United versus Crystal Palace. Sheffield United against Palace is that typical end-of-season game between two teams that aren't what they are. Palace are going to be lower end of the mid-table. Sheffield United are going down. Neither of them to play for. It's going to be a fairly uninspiring event, I would imagine. Palace have a lot of injuries, as has been the case for them all season. You're looking at Nathan Ferguson out, Connor Wickham out, James McArthur out, Sacco is out. Zaha is a doubt, and James Tompkins is working his way back to fitness. But they've been hammered by injuries all season. I think Sheffield United are missing a couple of key players well, like Jack O'Connell. So it's not going to be the most inspiring game. I'll go a 1-1 draw, but I think people could spend their time watching something better than this game. So that's a 1-1 draw prediction from Dave Hendricks there. That's, wow. So that is, of, of, of the three games so far, and, and I'll give my score in this, this game in a bit, but so far, we've only had one prediction that hasn't been a draw, and that's Jody who predicted Spurs to, to beat Leeds at Ellen Road. Now, for me, I'm, I'm going to predict the second 
outright winner here because I, I'm I'm feeling a lot of draws and and I'm I'm not keen on that as as has become custom on this podcast. I, I I don't like to sit on the fence for too many of my predictions. I think that you know Sheffield United. This is going to be one of those games where they they do win one nil. I I I agree with Dave in terms of just the the amount of injuries that Crystal Palace have had this season. They, they it it it's it's affected their season so much, and I think it's going to affect them in this game in terms of not necessarily having the right rhythm to to string up enough um, offensive threatening moves and and build up play and link up play. And I think from you know, Sheffield United's standpoint, I think the players do want to kind of give the fans a, a decent end to the season, sort of like a thank you for sticking with us. You know, um, it, it's unfortunate that someone has to go down, you know, well, three teams have to go down, but they are one of those teams. But it seems like from my perspective, the players are still giving their all and they're, they're trying to give the fans uh, a good send-off from the Premier League. Hopefully for, for their sake, it's not a long send off and you know they can bounce straight back up but um we'll move on to the to the next game and it's Manchester City versus Chelsea and we're going to stick with Dave Hendrick because he gave us up he gave us um he's going to be giving us the prediction for Man City the champions elect uh versus Chelsea a team that's chasing top four um they currently sit in 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 fourth position and have the position to lose at this point in time. Um, obviously, they they're bouncing into this game on the back of getting into the Champions League final. And funny enough, their opponent this weekend is the other team that is bouncing into the Champions League final in Man City. So, whether or not we see a preview of what the Champions League final is going to be like, I personally don't think that's going to be the case. I, I think the managers are going to try and kind of bluff each other in this game, give off some tactics that they're not necessarily going to use when it comes to the Champions League to try and maybe throw the other off the scent of what exactly they plan for that final. Um, but let's hear what Dave has to say. Chelsea versus City, it's the dry run for the Champions League final, isn't it? So this is a game that's going to have a lot of attention around it. It's also a rematch of the FA Cup semi-finals from a couple of weeks back where Chelsea won and ended City's hopes of winning the quadruple for the first time in the history of English football. So I think City will be out for a little bit of revenge. I think there'll also be the factor that they won't want Chelsea to have real confidence going into the Champions League final. Pep will not want to have lost two games in a row to Thomas Tuchel. So I think we'll see City go full strength. If they win this game, remember, they win the league. So there's another thing to consider. This could be a massive day for City. Chelsea still battling for that top four spot. So they're obviously going to be going all out for this game as well. I think this is the game of the weekend. I'm going to say City win, but I think it will be a really, really entertaining game. I'll go with a 2-1 City win, which may not sound exciting, but I do think it will be a cracking game. I am very, very excited for this game. And if you guys are excited for this game as well, I would highly recommend that you link up with our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield. This podcast is obviously presented by EPRindex.com in association with uh, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider, and you can check out their services at libertyshield.com. You guys can also save 
20% with the coupon code EPLVPN. I'll say that again. Uh, you can save 20% with the coupon code EPLVPN. Get all of your entertainment, sporting, viewing, pleasures sorted out at Liberty Shield. Um, as I said on the show, I, I don't speak about stuff that I've not used myself personally. And Liberty Shield has been fantastic for me. I, I was able to watch the Arsenal versus Villarreal um, Europa League game this evening, you know, at just before recording this podcast. Uh, for those keeping score in terms of when this podcast is recorded. Um, yeah, so it's Thursday night here and didn't need to worry about which channels was going to be on. Just switch on Liberty Shield. You know, use the awesome search function, type in the Arsenal Football Club. Straight away, I've got the links to, to watch the game and, you know, it's plugged into my TV. So go straight onto that. I can use it on my laptop if I want or any of my other Apple devices or Android devices if you've got those. So it's just a really, really cool tool to use. Um, moving back to this game, Dave has predicted a 2-1 Man City win and that would officially crown Man City. I think it's been a long time coming in terms of, you know, this season. They've, they've run away with it pretty much. Um, I think this will be a ceremony where City do get the coronation. I, I don't think it will be 2-1. I'm going to go for a 3-2. I, as I said earlier, I, I do think that the managers are going to try and kind of bluff each other, but I think that's probably going to lead to a lot of exciting you know, opportunities for both teams. And, and I, I can see maybe a couple of fringe players you know, coming up big in this one, trying to wrestle their way into the starting lineup for some of these key games coming up at the end of the season and obviously all culminating with that Champions League final. You're looking at the likes of Sterling that haven't really been playing well this season. I mean, if he gets a couple of goals in this game, you, you would think that that you know, at least gives Pep Guardiola some pause for thought on, on you know, starting him in the Champions League final. But it will be interesting to see how this pans out, as, as, as we've said. Man City, the title is there for for them to win this weekend. Chelsea, they're trying to make sure that they stay in, you know, in fourth place at the very least and, and secure Champions League season for next season. Obviously, you know, winning the Champions League is another route to securing Champions League, but I'm sure they would want to do it. Just do it with the league, take at least that side of the pressure away from the Champions League final and going to the game with confidence in a relaxed mood and, and try and try and win the game there. But we move on to another team that's also involved in this race for Champions League football is Liverpool and they entertain Southampton. Now these are two teams whose seasons have not gone as expected. Um I think that's safe to say Liverpool obviously defending champions didn't really lay a glove since about December time and, and um, you know, the injuries and all of that have been a factor, but we have to say that the performances, besides the injuries, you know, if we put the injuries to one side, the performances have just been really, really poor. They've been shocking in front of goal, except for Mo Salah, who seems to be carrying the, you know, the load in terms of goals this season. Against the Southampton side, who, when we speak of goals, if Danny Ings isn't playing or at least involved, they also look for rest of goals and, and creative opportunities. So two teams struggling to score goals, 
two teams also not necessarily that defensively sound this season. It will be interesting to see how the game pans out. But we will tune in and, and listen to Alex Letizia, our Southampton correspondent. Let's hear what she has to say about this game and her predictions. Hi, it's Alex Letizia, and I'm going to give you my Liverpool v Saints prediction. Uh, Liverpool have only won one of their last 10 Premier League home games. Saints lost eight of their last nine away Premier League games and conceded 28 goals in those games. Liverpool need the points as they're still fighting for fourth and Champions League qualification, and Saints are safe and nothing to play for. I think this is going to be a 2-0 to Liverpool. A 2-0 to Liverpool there. Look, I, I think there's a lot of um, you know weight to the fact that Southampton don't really have anything to play for anymore this season, whereas Liverpool have it all to do. Um, as I said, defending champions, they're trying to you know get a Champions League position. Um, I, I don't think many people would have thought at the beginning of the season Liverpool would be in a situation where this late into the season, they haven't secured Champions League football, but you're where you deserve to be in it when it comes to Premier League football, and they certainly deserve, they certainly don't deserve to be in a Champions League spot as as things stand and and the way that they've played. Um, I agree though that that extra motivation in terms of wanting to get a good result and continue the chase of the guys that are in you know those coveted top four spots, obviously more attention being focused to Leicester and Chelsea because I, I, I don't see how any of the, the, the chasing pack can catch Man United and certainly not Man City who probably, you know, win the title within the next two or three games, you'd imagine, if not this weekend. So I'm, I'm going to go with a 1-0 Liverpool win. Um, and it seems like Alex is the Liverpool fan in this one, but I just don't see where the goals are coming from at the moment. As I said, unless Mo Salah scores, it doesn't seem like it's going to go in the back of the net for Liverpool. And I do think Mo Salah gets the goal in this one, but just gets the one. And the the, the woeful home record that Liverpool currently has continues in the sense of struggling to open the floodgates at Anfield. And, and maybe the fact that fans aren't there is a huge factor in that. But the poor Southampton away record, the poor Liverpool home record, one of those things is going to have to break and based on both of our predictions, it seems like it's going to be the poor Liverpool home record that's going to at least take a bit of a break and, and, and be allowed to you know, park <laughs> to park on the side of the road and, and just allow Liverpool to win this game but yeah, I, I, I would tune into that game if I was you because I think it's, it's going to be an interesting one um, another game that should be interesting, we've got Wolves versus Brighton. Now, we're going to head back to Jake Jackman. He gave us the Leicester City versus Newcastle prediction. He gave a 1-1 prediction there. Let's see what he has to say about Wolves versus Brighton. Wolves see Brighton. Um, not the most exciting match on the card this weekend. Um, Wolves have got little to play for. Probably have one hour next season. Now, it's uncertain whether Nuno is going to stay for the next next season. Uh, he did show some some desire to to freshen up the team last week. Otisal, he came in. Latina came in. Silva came in. It was a slightly younger team, and uh, they were quite exciting to watch. I thought Aitnori was really good at left back. 
Um, but what to saw, we and Bettina added a bit of energy. Silver looked probably the best I've seen playing Wolves Wolf colours. So it was an encouraging performance. Um, and yeah, they'll be hoping to, to take that through for the rest of the season and give them some sort of momentum to take into next year uh, with or without Nuno. So it'd be good to see those players again. Brighton, obviously, good to watch. They got the crucial win last week, but should see them face. Um, Danny Welbeck looks really good. The problem for Brighton has just been consistently this season. So the fact that they won last week makes me slightly reluctant to predict them to win this weekend. Um, it could be a low score in one. Um, and yeah, I think, I think I might tip the nil-nil here. I just think that Brighton are good at the back. They're one of the best teams defensively in the bottom half, um, even though they've maybe conceded a few more goals than you'd expect. Um, been quite unlucky in that regard. And, and Wolves, as well, we know how solid they can be. A couple of weeks ago, they were sort of destroyed by Burnley. But again, last week against West Brom, I thought they were a lot better. They were, um, yeah, looked a lot more organised and probably somewhat unfortunate to concede the goal they did. Um, so yeah, I think I'm gonna gonna tip the nil-nil here, and uh, could be a real um, good day for for Lewis Duncan, Connor Cody, two players that are going to be continually linked to the England squad in the summer. So those two will want to put in a good show in finish the season on a high. So yeah, I think I'm gonna gonna tip the nil-nil here. Um, it'll be a quite a good nil-nil um, with good players on each side, but the problem for both has been scoring goals. And uh, yeah, I think that's gonna be gonna happen again this weekend. What has happened to Jake Jackman? He's predicted two draws this weekend. Um, look, I, I agree with him in terms of both teams have struggled to score goals, and, and we've moved from one fixture in Liverpool versus Southampton, you know, two teams that are struggling to, to score goals, to another fixture where teams are struggling to score goals. I, you know, and Brighton last week against Leeds, that's probably the shock result of the weekend last weekend, you know, looking back at some of the results there, a lot of them you could see happening, but um, many people wouldn't have predicted Brighton to get a 2-0 win against Leeds. And, and, I'm, and I think they can kind of take that confidence into this game, knowing that they're playing a Wolf side that has been struggling this season, um, you know, mixing and matching formations. It's, it's not really worked out for them. And I think it's not going to work out for them in this game as well. I'm going to go back-to-back Brighton 2-0. And as I say that, you know, I say it very, very worryingly because Jake pointed out quite poignantly, you know, predicting back-to-back Brighton wins this season is is a very bold thing to do. But I I just think that they're going to have the momentum and they're going to be able to to secure a a result there and and not just a, a, you know, a 1-0 result. I, I think they get both. I think they both, they get two goals and and just finish the season off on a high, you know, leave those you know thoughts of relegation well behind them and and maybe start to climb up the table to a position that they certainly their performances have maybe deserved. Not necessarily the score lines in those games, as 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 we said, they've not been able to finish teams off or you know just score enough goals to to sort up the table, but in terms of watching them play football, they've been one of my favourite teams to watch this season, so it will be interesting to, to see how that game unfolds. We'll move on to Aston Villa versus Man United. Now, this game doesn't have a designated correspondent. Uh, as I said, 15 games, we gave each of our correspondents two games to to give predictions for, so 
slightly different format as as we you know caveat at the beginning of the podcast. So I'll just give my overall thoughts on this game. You know, Man United obviously had the champs, the Europa League game on Thursday night, and Aston Villa will be well rested, but there's that you know that that question that seems to be on the top of the questions that get asked when it comes to Aston Villa for basically the best part of four weeks now is is Jack Grealish going to be fit for this game and and we all know what a huge impact he has on the way that they play now for me personally I'll I'll I'll, I'll believe it when I see it I'm no longer going to be you know waiting or or holding my breath for when he when he finally gets back on the pitch and, and, and is firing for Aston Villa. I'm just going to wait until it actually happens. Until then, I'm just going to assume he's not going to be playing um, and, and we'll take it from there. So, it's, you know, without him being there, it's going to be a tough game for them. But you'd think they'll fancy their chances against a Man United team who went really strong um, in the Europa League game. Obviously, Man United had a very, very healthy lead in, in that tie. And, and I was quite surprised to see the likes of Bruno Fernandes, who I think over the next three or four games, you know, Man United's games come thick and fast over the next week. Um, you would have thought they would want to save some of his legs. Obviously, he did um, get substituted in that game, but still, I, I just don't see why you would even start him in that game. Um, and then you're looking at Fred playing a whole the whole 90 minutes in that one. Paul Pogba obviously getting to come off. He started though. Um, the fullbacks got rotated. They started in Luke Shaw and Wan Bissaka, but they both came off. Um, obviously, with European football, the luxury of having those extra substitutions. The back, the back two in Maguire and Bailey played the whole ninety, and De Gea played the whole ninety as well in goal. So some rotation, but maybe not as much. Certainly, if I was a Man United fan, as much as I would have wanted to see, I, I think a whole a whole host of changes would have been needed. I'm looking especially at the Bruno Fernandes's, the Paul Pogba's, looking at Fred, who usually features a lot in, in some of the bigger games, and, and we can see Liverpool coming in the horizon in terms of um, important fixtures, maybe important for Liverpool and not necessarily important for Man United this season, because they've already secured pretty much that second spot. So maybe, you know, Bruno gets arrested that one. But it will be interesting to see how Ole Gunnar Solskjaer juggles these next couple of fixtures and, and, you know, is able to give players enough rest that they're ready and firing for that Europa League final. Um, Aston Villa, as we said, without Jack Grealish, I think they're going to struggle in this game. I'm going to go with a 2-1 Man United win. I still think Ollie Watkins is in with a shot of being creative and, and and causing problems and helping either in terms of scoring a goal or assisting a goal. He seems to have a decent record of that of late, and, and I don't see a reason why it would stop in this game with or without Jack Grealish. Um, speaking of not having your star players, West Ham have had quite a few injuries recently, and, and they are one of the you know many teams that are still chasing that coveted top four spot. Now, West Ham had that for quite a while, and obviously they've now lost that grip on the, on the top four spot uh, to Chelsea, who went above them. Um, Chelsea now sitting at 
61 points. West Ham sitting at 58 points. West Ham, and, you know, two losses over the last three games. They, they course corrected against Burnley, uh, a very, very promising Burnley side who had the momentum you would have thought going into that game, considering West Ham had lost two. And, and obviously Burnley came into that one off that 4-0 resounding win against Wolves. So, you know, it, it was interesting and, and probably very, very positive for West Ham fans to see Mikel Antonio stepping up and then helping them course correct and get back on that charge for the top four spot. Um, as I said, they currently sit in fifth place. In terms of this game, um, I think I think I'm going to go for... I think I'm going to go for a 1-1. I think they're going to cancel each other out. And, and maybe you may say it's the Liverpool bias in me. But I think it, it's just a matter of fact that both teams are going to be cautious in terms of not wanting to lose the game early. They don't want to be blown out of the water too early in this game and, and, and effectively you know, start ruining their chances of a top four. So it's going to be a very cagey game to start off with and, and will start to open up maybe later on, but that's not going to allow enough time for both teams to get enough goals to, to you know, start to rack up the scoreboard and, and, and get to the higher scoreline prediction. So I'm, I'm going to stick with a 1-1 in this one. And as I said, this is one of those fixtures where I, we don't have a correspondent that I can throw to. Um, there were a whole host of fixtures. But yeah, I'm going to stick with the 1-1. A game we do have a correspondent for, it's Arsenal versus West Brom, and we're going to go all the way down to South Africa with our correspondent, Obi Semenya. Let's hear what he has to say about Arsenal versus West Brom. Now, obviously, Arsenal, having played Europa League, I mentioned it earlier in the podcast, they, they drew 0-0 to Villarreal, which effectively knocked Arsenal out of the Europa League. Not a great performance tactically, in my opinion, from Arteta. Will he be the manager by the time, you know, this game kicks off? Um, time will tell, but let's see what Obi has to say about this game. Okay, so Sunday sees Arsenal hosting West Brom at the Emirates with both teams having played recent games. Arsenal, of course, needing to beat Villarreal tonight in order to see any prospects of European football next season. And West Brom having just dropped two points against Wolves. Those dropped two points have all but sealed their fate and they seem to be going down this season, with their manager Allardyce having admitted as such. Needing at least 10 points from the last four games, it's unlikely that West Brom are going to pull that off, even though they have a magician as their manager. I, I think that the prediction for this game would be 3-1 to the Arsenal, if not for anything else, than the fact that West Brom has only won four games out of 22 under Allardyce. And I think the players themselves know that the ride is a bit over. In any case, the game would force West Brom to be a little bit more adventurous than they usually are. So I'm going to go with 3-1 to the Arsenal. Although, I do have to commend that West Brom have been playing fantastic football. Yeah, look, obviously, Obi doesn't have the privilege of having watched the, or I suppose maybe not necessarily privilege the right word, considering he is an Arsenal fan, but he wasn't able to watch the Arsenal versus Villarreal game before giving his prediction. Now, I think, you know, 
I think the fact that he mentions West Brom probably are relegated at this point is a huge factor. And, 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 and I think that's going to play a factor in this game. He thinks it's going to play a factor in terms of the West Brom players maybe not performing um, to the highest levels or not necessarily, you know, giving their all or at, at, at the very least, it's going to be to Arsenal's favour and to West Brom's detriment. Um, I think the freedom is actually going to be a benefit for West Brom. We've mentioned with Sheffield United how, how, you know, how they've been playing recently. The players want to end the season off well, kind of give a thank you to the fans, you know, for sticking with them through a very tough season. This could be the start of, of one of those for West Brom. I don't know if they, they have enough games to stay up. I, th- I think they're going to they're gonna fall short of, from that perspective. But I do think that this is one of those games where they're playing an Arsenal side that are going to be very dejected, not really got anything else to play for this season. I mean, a push to try and get top four is, is unrealistic at this point in time. They're sitting on 49 points. Chelsea in fourth place on 61 points. So, I, you know, that that's not going to happen. What do Arsenal have to play for? They're out of the Europa League, which kind of was the, the, their season. That was the only thing that was left for them to play this season. Whereas West Brom, small hope in terms of staying up, but maybe bigger than that is the fact that they, they might just be able to play with a bit of freedom. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a two-one West Brom win. I think they get the shock result here, and if Arteta isn't fired before that game, then, you know, there's going to be a strong case to maybe get rid of him after this game. And I, I never advocate for someone getting fired. I, I, I don't think, you know, um, it's, it's nice for me to, to go and want someone to get fired. But the performances on the pitch for Arsenal, just from a, you know, viewing perspective, haven't been that great. And then from a tactical perspective have also been questionable at times. I mean, he took off Obama Yang in a game where he needed a goal. I, I think that's inexcusable from from my perspective. You know, obviously, sitting, you know, being an armchair critic, um, I just didn't see why he would do that. And it's stuff like that that makes me think, you know, th- these are things that can get managers fired or at least allow people to fixate on something because this is going to be the talking point now is you lost the game and you took off Obama Yang. That those are going to be the two big talking points coming out of that, and that can lead to very awkward conversations in the future. Um, we move on to a game: Fulham versus Burnley. And speaking of awkward conversations, that Burnley have been very awkward for me to to kind of suss up this season. As I mentioned, that four 0 against Wolves, Wood, uh, Chris Wood getting that hat trick. And then they come up against West Ham and, and don't perform maybe to those levels against the Fulham side that probably should have had enough to stay up this season, but didn't necessarily do it. Um, I'm going to turn over to Guy Drinkle to hear what he has to say, our executive producer. He's going to be giving us his previews for Fulham versus Burnley. Let's hear what Guy has to Um, Fulham v Burnley. I mean, you've given me the good one here today. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I don't think it'll be the best looking game. I think pretty much both team seasons are done. Um, it's uh, yeah. I mean, Fulham 
what, coming off the loss against Chelsea the other day was pretty comfortable. And Burnley, just, they're pretty safe now. I mean, let me just get the table in front of me. Before I start recording, but hey-ho, it's me. Uh, 36 points, probably safe already, but need one more. Fulham 27, bad form. Um, draw against Arsenal the other week, probably the best result. But four losses uh, in the other five, in, in the last five. Yeah, I think it's pretty much down. I think if there was a miracle, I mean, you'd probably look at West Brom. I don't think evil will happen, but you'd probably look at West Brom as the favourite. But yeah, I think Burnley. I know they're in bad form themselves, actually, when you look at it. But I think they're they're performing better. I mean, and you look at the scoring more goals than you usually would as a Burnley team. They should have been self-handed a few weeks ago. Newcastle was a strange game. United, United battered Wolves um, and West Ham. They shouldn't really be beating West Ham, but it was a competitive game nevertheless. But yeah, they, they've done their job with that with that big win over Wolves. But I'd probably still make Burnley favourites. I mean, it's out of Fulham. Fulham should see this as an opportunity to to get three points. Well, how many times have we said that this season that Fulham have an opportunity to sometimes get out the relegation zone or to close the gap on Newcastle? It was usually Brighton, um, etc. And the, and they never t- took it. But I think Burnley. I mean, the form of Chris Wood against it's an all right Fulham defence considering where they are in the league, but. I think Chris Wood should cause him a lot of problems. I, I just don't see who's causing um, Tarkovsky, Ben Mee, etc. The, the problems at the other end. I think even if they are out of form, which they probably are due to the standards of the last few seasons. But yeah, I mean, Mitrovic has not done much all season. Josh Madges started off all right, but he fell out the team. And then you're starting players who aren't strikers up front. Like, Fulham's game plan this season is pretty much hopefully for a piece of magic from usually Adam Ola-Luckman. I think Cavalero is a decent player but he's not really a goal scorer. So yeah, you'll love this to you. I'll go one all, but I, I just think Burnley probably see one point secure, secure safety, whereas they're probably already safe, let's be honest, and Fulham, Fulham need the three points. Like Maybe they'll go a bit more gun than Hull. I don't know, should they? But, yeah, I think Chris Wood's probably the difference between the two teams, if anything. And Zambo, if, if he plays, um, could probably take over the midfield a bit. But if there's no one at the other end to finish or do any goals at all, I think Chris Wood, Vidra, uh, Barnes, Jay Rodriguez, there's just, they're just better options up top for Burnley. So I'll say a one-all. Um, but I think Burnley, they'd be happy with a draw, whereas Fulham, if they don't win, I mean, they might as well just plan about the draw. should already probably plan for the championship, but if they, if they don't beat Burnley, um, yeah, it, it's, it's championship for you next season. How how did I know this guy was going to predict a draw? Guy Drinker, Fulham versus Burnley predict 1-1. I, I swear he's poisoned the podcast at this stage especially with the amount of draws we've seen uh, on the predictions today. But, you know, for this specific game, I think it's a must-win for Fulham, obviously. 
Um, as, as guys mentioned, if they don't win this game, it's probably sayonara for them. I mean, the writing is pretty much on the wall at that point in time. And maybe, you know, if Newcastle don't get the result against Leicester, they could, you know, Fulham can try and hold on to that from, from that perspective. But I, I do think that they need a win in this one. And unfortunately for them, I don't see them winning it. I think that Burnley are going to have enough. I'm, I'm going to go with a 1-0 Burnley win in this one. And obviously that's a gutting result for Fulham fans. And we'll see if, if, if they can do anything, you know, from that position. It, it, it's a tall order. But yeah, I, I just don't see how they beat this Burnley side. I think Burnley, albeit having an inconsistent season, are a far better put together team and definitely have a better manager. And I think that's what's going to be the difference in this game. Just, I, I just don't trust Scott Parker at the moment um, with this Fulham side. They look pretty lost at the moment. And, and as Guy has pointed out, they don't really have a spearhead in, in attack at the moment. And, and that's going to be their downfall in this one. But we move on to Man United's second game of the weekend. Obviously, they have three in this game week. Should I rather say it rather than weekend game week? They've got three in this game week. This one is Man United versus Leicester City. I mean, the games come thick and fast, and they're really important games as well, and really fun games. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this one. But we go back to Jody McKenna. Let's hear what Jody has to say in terms of Man United versus Leicester. Man United v Leicester. This is going to be a spicy one, I think. It'll be interesting to see how these guys fare up again after the way that Leicester dominated in the FA Cup quarterfinals. Leicester is sitting pretty comfy in third place and have been performing pretty well apart from that draw to Southampton last weekend, which was a bit of a surprise. Ian Archer is on fire, and I actually think I should get him in my fantasy team if I can afford him. I think is currently injured, but I do think he's due to play, um, although he hasn't stepped up as much as we thought he would, so that's been a bit of a disappointment for them this season. Man United, well, there's not a whole lot to say about them, really, is there? Um, I think they're definitely coming second in the league, unless Leicester can pull something big out in this match. But, I mean, United haven't lost a match in at least um, the last five matches, I think. It would have been extremely interesting to see how they would have fared up against Liverpool over the weekend, and I'm really keen to see what happens in that match. In terms of this one, I think Leicester will be doing anything they can to get points over Man U, and these guys drew when they played each other in December, so it's definitely going to be one to watch. I think it will be close, but I think Man United will win this one, so I'm going to say 3-2 to Man U. I expect lots of goals, preferably from Bruno, and I'm sure there will be some VAR involvement at some point. Yeah, it's Man United. Um, I, I, I'm, I think that's a very good shot in terms of there will be some sort of VAR intervention. They've been one of the teams, you know, that have had a lot of VAR decisions. You know, whether you say they're for them or against them, VAR has definitely been called upon uh, uh, more than most uh, this season for Man United. And it will be interesting to see where, you know, which side it falls on in this game. Look, it's Obviously, the second game for both these teams for this game week, but Man United, it's, it's really their third game. You know, if you take into account the Europa League that they have, they would have played 
And as I said, they played a very strong squad in, in, in that one. So it will be interesting to see how they manage the rotation in this one. Leicester still have it all to fight for in terms of trying to secure that top four. Whether or not they come into this game, you know, looking to claw Man United back and, and maybe try and take that second spot. I mean, Man United have a game in hand on Leicester, obviously not having played that game against Liverpool. But Leicester are currently only four points behind them. So do they fancy, you know, trying to do uh, one over Man United in this one and, and, and maybe in inverted commas use it as a six-pointer to try and at least get as close to Man United as possible and maybe maybe even, you know, usurp them as the second best team in, in the English Premier League this season? You know, only time will tell. For me, I think that Man United's fixture fixture list could become a problem in this game. I think they're going to suffer to the Leicester City counter-attack. I'm going to go with a 1-0 Leicester City win, and I think it's going to be a Leicester City counter-attack goal. Who's going to bet against Ian after scoring again in this one? I don't think you can bet against him in any game at this point in time. Yeah, I, I, I just think the counter-attack for Leicester City will favor them in this game. Man United being the home team, they're going to want to be dominant on the ball, and that might be their downfall for this one. But we move on to Southampton versus Crystal Palace, and we head back to Southampton with our Southampton correspondent, Alex Leticia. Let's hear what she has to say. Here are my Saints v. Crystal Palace predictions. Saints only won one of their last seven home Premier League games, and they were 2-0 down in that game too. Palace beat Saints. 1-0 on the first day of the season and both of them are safe and both of them have nothing really to play for so I do think it's going to be a very boring game. I feel it's going to be a one-all situation. A 1-1 one -one prediction for that one. Um, yeah, the fact that both teams are safe at the moment and not really have much to play for. It'll be interesting to see how this game plays out. I, I agree with Alex that it it probably does end with a 1-1 one, one and ugh, Guy is probably laughing listening to this uh, as, as I said, but I'm going to match that. I'm going to go with the 1-1. One, one. I think the fact that both teams don't have much to play for on this one, but not necessarily have the strongest defences, I think allows both teams to at least get on the score sheet and, and I suppose both teams are fine with, with the 1-1 one, one draw in that one. We go back to South Africa because Arsenal then travelled to Stamford Bridge uh, for a North London for a London derby, and it will be interesting to see what Obi has to say about this game for Arsenal. As, as I said, bearing in mind he hadn't watched the Villarreal game before making any predictions, but let's hear what he has to say. So next week, Wednesday, sees Arsenal travelling to Stamford Bridge, where they'll be playing their rivals, Chelsea. Although much of that rivalry has been dissipated by the stark contrast in form and status of the two clubs, I think Arsenal are starting to really buckle under the sort of pressure that bringing Mikel Arteta has brought in, and some of their deeper cracks are starting to show. They're languishing ninth, tenth in the league, whereas Chelsea are comfortably fourth. They're picking under new manager Thomas Tuchel and are even finding ways in which to integrate players that seem to have slowed down to struggling like high hazards. Um, I think Chelsea have more to win from this game, given that they might lose their Champions League final and yet so might still rely on their league standing, whereas the league 
do think that they will make a go of it. Uh, the final score here, I'm going to give this to an old Celtic. I think they just simply have too many options. They're too well structured, and they have just too much to lose in comparison. Yeah, interesting thoughts there in terms of obviously Arsenal fan would be wanting the win there, but as he says, the the two clubs are in completely different places on the pitch at the moment. You can see Chelsea have a plan going into games from a tactical perspective, and sometimes Arsenal don't necessarily have that. So you don't really know which Arsenal is going to show up. Um, for me, I, I think Chelsea, just organisation is going to be um, the telling point in this one. Um, I'm looking at that too. I, I'm actually going to give a 3-0 Chelsea win. Um, yeah, it, it's not going to be good for Arsenal, this one. And, you know, me having predicted that Chelsea will have lost to Man City, I think they will really have more emphasis on this game to just make sure they continue their push for top four. So even more pressure will be, you know, going against Arsenal in this one in terms of how important this game will be for Chelsea. Yeah, it, it, maybe if Arsenal had a new manager bounce, Maybe at that point in time, it, it, it could be different. But even then, I, I just think that Chelsea team is going to be too strong for them. Um, we move on to Aston Villa versus Everton, and we bring back Guy Drinkle. Let's hear what Guy Drinkle has to say about this game. Aston Villa-Everton, I think, well, we've just seen the reverse of the fixture, haven't we? Because I don't know if it was the last one or this one that's that been postponed for ages. I think it was due to COVID. Um Everton were shocked in that game, um, but we I think we went over the last time I was on with, with you today. Were um, Everton's home form is absolutely awful, god awful. I think it was 15th. It might be lower now, and luckily for me, I have the table in front of me, and I know how to use the website now. They are still 15th, just above Burnley, um, Brighton, West Brom, Sheffield United, and Fulham. So that's a that's good company for a team that has that had Champions League aspirations. Um, but on the flip side, let's look at their away form as they are at Villa Park. They are fourth. And uh, the, the, the form table does not change for away and form. So I will leave that to you on the podcast. Um, but yeah, I think with, with the away form, it seems to suit them better. Playing away, obviously, with, with what I just said. But I think quite a lot of it will depend on who's available as well. I think without James Rodriguez, I know he's been he's missed decent chunks of the season. I think they are a bit boring, a bit predictable without him. I think Alan obviously had something in midfield. Even Decore, I think him playing was almost like him alongside Alan looked so promising um, at the start of the season with either Gomez or. Uh, Davies, etc. Sigurdsson seems to have improved as the season's gone on. But Decore added something. Um, the defence was once settled and Dinu was playing really well, but now the defence looks pretty bad. Like Michael Kane the other week was against Arsenal, I think it was. It was awful the other week. It might, might be the wrong game. Um, Mason Holgate, who I'm actually great decently well. He, he's not really... I don't know, he's kind of like halfway in between, isn't he? He started as a right-back and then now we're starting to move a centre-back and it's not going as smoothly as probably hoped. But, yeah, I think you'd have to make Everton favourites just for the fact that it, it, it 
so different the home and away form. Um, and yeah, Calvert Lewin probably the only reliable goal scorer. I mean, Richarlison, apart from the purple patch he had a couple of months ago, he's been pretty bad this season. Um, Villa, again, nothing, not much to play for. I mean, they probably want a top half finish, but considering what they had last season where they survived by goal line technology being a bit fluky, I mean, that wasn't the only reason, but it's the eye catching reason. I think finishing anywhere near where they are at the minute, it's been a great season for them. Um, I'll go, I'll just do a reverse of the last one. I'll go 2 1 Everton. I'll go 2 1 Everton. I'm not sure who will score or anything like that. But Villa, God knows when Grealish is back. Again, that's a week to week thing. Um, but I think I think it'll just be the reverse. Be boring, I'll be safe. Um, but at the same time, I mean, Everton obviously have something to play for, but they, as they can still catch Liverpool, obviously, they can. Well, technically still getting top four, I imagine, which is not going to happen, but they'd probably rather get in the Europa League than the Vanarama conference thing. Um, and as a Liverpool fan, I'm all right for them taking up a Europa League play. But yeah, I will go, I'll go 2-1 Everton in, in the reverse fixture, but I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I'm not, in terms of the details of the game, I think without Hammers, if Alan's back, etc., if Villa had Grealish, I'd probably make them favourites, but yeah, it's just, it's just God knows when he's back. Um, yeah, 2-2 two, two on Everton. And let's just say Calvert-Lewin gets goals because he's the only one who does. So yeah, uh, hopefully hopefully more entertaining again than the last one. So that's a 2-1 win for Everton there from Guy Drinkle. Uh, from my perspective, uh, I do think that Everton see this one out. I'm going to go with a 1-0 Everton win, though. I, I, I think a lot of these fixtures this weekend, there's going to be a lot riding on them in terms of not wanting to get blown out the water, not wanting to lose them early. And, and similar to West Ham versus Everton, I think this is going to be one of those cases. And I just see Everton, as guys pointed out, their waveform is going to be important in this one, and, and they see this game out. Maybe this is the game that we see a, a, a glimpse of Grealish coming back, maybe a substitution appearance or something like that, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I'm going to give it to Everton in that one. And the week, the game week ends with Man United versus Liverpool. Obviously, this is a fixture that should have happened last week, but was postponed for safety reasons and you know it it probably should be a bigger fixture than what it's going to be in my opinion uh liverpool will obviously still be trying to get into the top four spots i think their form this season is going to lead them to ending up in fifth which for future liverpool in terms of next season i, I think uh, europa league could be a poisonous chalice for them there, so that would be frustrating for me, for me personally. But I think Man United, this is, for me personally, as I've said, it's, it will be their fourth fixture this game week, as I've included the Europa League game in this one, after having seen how strong a team they put up. Basically, there's no excuse for Liverpool not to win this game. They would have been much better rested than Man United. They should 
go and win this game against a team that would have probably secured second place by that point in time, so doesn't really care about this game. They'll just be focusing on getting ready for the Europa League final, whereas Liverpool need this game to continue a push for a top four spot. So there's no excuse for Liverpool this one. I, and I'm, I, I won't accept any excuse, injuries or no injuries. I, I really won't be expecting anything other than a Liverpool win. Having said that, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has done really well in the big games to keep them to low scores and make sure he gets the goals on the counter. So you can expect the Fred McTominay combo in midfield and then, you know, really fast guys up front and just look to get Liverpool on the counter-attack. We all know they're going to be attacking that Trent Alexander-Arnold channel. So we'll see how that game pans out. But I'm going to go with a 2-0 Liverpool win just because I think they're going to care about the game more than Man United. And it will be a Man United team coming into this one at the back of a whole host of fixtures. But speaking of a whole host of fixtures, we end with a team that has lots of fixtures this game week after having gone through lots of fixtures this game week. Thank you so much for sticking with us. That's going to do it for another episode of It Had Predictable. Um, just some, a couple of plugs from my end. Please, guys, go check out EPL Index website. There are match previews, post-match reviews, player performances. Um, some feature writers are on there as well, Jake Jackman being one of them. Uh, you heard from him tonight. You can also check out the Daily Foot, uh, the Daily Podcast show. Um, it's the Two-Footed Podcast with Dave Hendricks. You also heard from him tonight. Um, you can also check out the flagship show that runs weekly. It's the EPL Roundtable where Kev DeVries sits down with panelists from respective EPL teams. They do reviewings and previewings of all the happenings in the EPL. You can follow this um, this channel's, uh, this show's Twitter page at ATADPredictable on Twitter. You can follow at EPL Index on Twitter. Subscribe to the EPL Index podcast channel on your podcast providers. Give it five stars. Write some positive comments. All that good stuff really, really helps us out. If you are so inclined, we um, we would really appreciate that. I've been Tadi Ochenakira. You can find me on Twitter at the handle TadPredict. The lovely lady that does our guest intros, she also gave some score predictions today. Jody McKinnis, she's at Thursday 141. Our producer behind the glass, Guy Drinkle, he was also in front of the mic this week. He's at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. Jake Jackman, you can find him at Jake Jackman with two N's on the end there. Um, Dave Hendrick at Two Footed Pod. Alex Letizia at Alex Letizia. Obi Semenya at John Empire SA. A huge thank you to all of these guests that came on this week. And remember, Chisinga Perry, Chinoshura. Podcast Network.